From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you and welcome, dear friends, via the World Wide Web and the Podcasting Network, wherever you are tuned in, on the Internet or iPods around the world. We're so glad that you're tuned in and have joined us. I'm Elaine Harlan in this week for Pastor Mike Douglas, who is out on assignment, and our faithful prayer intercessor, uh, Al Ramsey, is with us. And friends, we are so blessed that you are with us and and amongst our dear friends and, and our very special sister here tonight. The Reverend uh, Pastor Cheryl Birch from the Friday Night Fellowship is here with us tonight. And Cheryl is here and will be teaching and sharing with us this uh, very special week uh, on the Passover. And you are tuned in, dear friend, by no coincidence, we believe. And it's our prayer that this evening will uh, bless you as we follow along with Cheryl in scripture and teaching that our Messiah Yeshua uh, observed the Passover, and uh, he was the Passover lamb, and we'll see that tonight and a whole lot more. And joining us in the Lighthouse Live front living room here uh, at Lighthouse Live are several members of our Mishpuka, our family uh, as well. We have Rabbi Bob Elliott, and Cheryl will be introducing uh, Rabbi Bob in just uh, a little while uh, as tonight's time together. He'll begin uh, by blowing the shofar, and we also have his lovely wife, Patty, here, a prayer warrior indeed. We also have the lovely Stephanie Vanderwall, uh, the angelic voice, uh, will be joining uh, us here uh, from Friday Night Fellowship as well, and we'll be hearing from her tonight, a prayer warrior extraordinaire, as we say, and she'll also be praying. We also have uh, Jeannie from Friday Night Fellowship. She'll be joining us as well, and, and a very good friend of Advancing Vibrant Communities, a personal friend of mine, Donna Framstead, uh, is here as well, and so Tonight, dear friends, it's just a pleasure to have Cheryl Birch here with us. And uh, Cheryl, just want to thank you, dear friend, for taking the time to be with us as you share tonight a very special time as we enter a most holy time. Uh, thank you for being here and sharing with us. And so with that, please join us and share with our listeners around the world. Is this not exciting? It is exciting. I am really excited to be here and to be with uh, this, the whole Advancing Vibrant Communities family and Lighthouse Live. And I'm just so blessed because uh, we get to talk about Pesach, which yes. is, which is uh, Hebrew for Passover. Yes. And it's a commemoration of when the Lord spared Israel from the plague of death and uh, the death of the firstborn. And it is so indicative of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for the whole world. And everyone can partake of being spared from that plague of death because of what he did for us as the Passover lamb. 
what I would like to do, uh, Elaine, if I can, I just take my leave and just go for it now Amen, and begin to sister, tell everybody. All right, I'm going to tell everybody as much as the Lord has imparted to me about Passover. And I'm excited because God established Passover back in Exodus chapter 12, verses 11 through 13. And I do want to read some scripture in the beginning. We're going to be skipping some scripture later on, but I want to lay a good foundation in the very beginning of scripture. And in Exodus chapter 12, 11 through 13, it says, And thus you shall eat it, with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. Against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt." And that is the most wonderful verse in the world, is when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's how Passover got its name. It is the Lord's Passover. I also wanted to share uh, where here, and some of you may be wondering, why are these folks who are Christians talking about celebrating a Jewish feast? And there might be some folks out there in the listening land that wonder how that would even come about. Why would we need to be concerned about celebrating a Jewish feast? Because I believe that we need to do what the Lord has said in that, as I read a scripture to you in a minute, he has asked us to celebrate this feast forever and to all generations. And when I was first saved in 1990, The Lord began to give me understanding right away in 1991 about how important it was to start uh, honoring his feasts by talking to me about Passover. And he started me on doing Passover dinners in 1992. I was only just really still basically a babe in the Lord. And at my dining room table, there were five of us who got together. Uh And we began celebrating Passover, we didn't have any idea what we were doing at all, but we celebrated nonetheless. And there is some scripture in the Bible where there were a group of folks and Passover had not been celebrated for a very long time. And they got together and even though they were unclean and didn't know what they were doing, it was one of the best Passovers that had ever been celebrated, it says in the Bible. And the Lord honored every bit of it. And they, they were so excited over it that they celebrated another seven days afterwards. And I believe that our group was much like that. And we didn't know what we were doing, but the Lord honored it. And we began these celebrations. And uh, in the years that came, we, we would have maybe 20 people, and then we had 50 people, and then at one point we had 101 people come to it learn. Grew. <laughs> it grew. It grew. We learned about the Passover. It grew a lot. And it doesn't matter how big it is. It is more whether or not you celebrate. And actually, some of the small Passovers are the most intimate, mm-hmm. and it is a time for family to get together. And the Passover actually is for children. And they tell the children so that each new generation knows 
and remembers what God has done for them. And so today, what I want to say to all of you out there listening is that since this Passover is for children and the parents are asked to share this, usually the father, but since I'm the mother called to share this today, I just want to declare that you're all my children out there. And so we're going to be sharing the Passover, and I'm sharing it with all of you as if you were my children, and I'm going to be teaching you how to remember the goodness of the Lord and what he did in the past, and also how you might be able to celebrate this wondrous feast with your own family. Now, I do want to lay a scriptural foundation in that I did share that the Lord told me, and he taught me himself about Passover, and I'm going to give you some scriptures, and if you want to write them down, you can, and then you can read them for yourself, because I won't be reading all of each one, but one of them I want to share with you is the book of Leviticus, and it's chapter 23, and it's verses 5 through 14, and I do have to read this one because it's the very basis for what the Lord did share with me, and this one says, on the 14th day of the first month at twilight, is the Lord's Passover. On the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, but you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord for seven days. The seventh day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer on that day when you wave the sheaf a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. The grain offering shall be two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord for a sweet aroma, and its drink offering shall be of wine, one-fourth of a hen. You shall eat neither bread nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you have brought an offering to your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. And that was the scripture that stood out to me when I was reading, Mm -hmm. Elaine, is that the Lord said it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. And Mm -hmm. that word forever just really popped out. And I thought, Yes, the the Hebrew folk, the Jewish folks are celebrating, and they have for a thousand years celebrated uh, Pesach. But Paul says in Romans chapter 11, 17 through 24, and I won't be reading this, I'm just going to do a synopsis, that we Gentiles are like wild or cut off branches that have been grafted into the main trunk of the vine. And then the Lord showed me in Romans 4, verses 2 through 16, where Paul explains that the seed of Abraham is actually through faith and righteousness besides the bloodline. And all who believe in Jesus are the seed of Abraham. And so we have been adopted, so to speak, into the bloodline of Abraham because of that faith and righteous seed of Jesus being born out of the bloodline of Abraham. 
And so because of these two scriptures, I became convinced, even before I read in the New Testament, I became convinced that we were to keep the Passover because we are part of the seed of Abraham. We're part of those millions and millions of stars that the Lord showed Abraham in the sky and said we would be as many as those stars and as many as the sands on the earth. And we are part of that seed. And so I thought for myself, I'm going to keep this Passover because the statute says forever throughout your generations. And I was part of the generations of Abraham. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the Lord confirmed that in the New Testament. And the first way he confirmed it was in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 42. And it says of Jesus, His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. I went, wow, Jesus celebrated the Passover from the time he was a little kid. And if my Lord celebrated the Passover, then why am I not, why wouldn't I celebrate the Passover? I wanted to do, as a baby Christian, I wanted to do whatever Jesus did. Amen. And so that was the next thing that I read. And, of course, then I learned, as I grew in the Lord, I learned that Jesus indeed is our Passover lamb. Yes. He is yes. Passover. Yes. That's the thing we have to remember as Christians. And I became messianic from that moment forward. <laughs> and I became, came to know Jesus as Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the one who is our Passover lamb. And he said in Luke chapter 22, with fervent desire, I desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And Jesus had a fervency about the Passover because he was the lamb who was about to be slain. There's another scripture in John chapter 2 that talks about when Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover and he was at the feast and many believed in him because they saw the signs and the wonders that he performed. And then the thing that really topped it off for me was a scripture that just how you open up the Bible one day and there it is, where you may have had some any shred of doubt that the first Christians celebrated the Passover, that a Christian should celebrate Passover in the same manner as the Jewish folks. And this was in 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. And this one I'm going to read. It says, Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And this was written by Paul. And it was written years after Jesus had been sacrificed on the cross, and he was instructing the Christians in Corinth to keep the feast of Passover. My goodness. And I got very excited about that, and I realized that what God had told me through these other scriptures was absolutely true, and that keeping the Passover feast is indeed something that Christians should be doing, knowing that Jesus has fulfilled the entire 
feast. And so we can celebrate in a very like manner as our Jewish uh, friends, however, knowing that Jesus indeed fulfilled every aspect of Pesach, Passover. And that's what I want to talk about as I go through the steps of the feast. I want to talk about how Jesus fulfilled each part. This is so exciting, Cheryl. It's very exciting to me. And I was so blessed by the Lord as he began to share with me about Passover and how important it is that we keep the feast right along with the root of our faith, which is our Jewish brothers and sisters. Now, traditionally, if we can move into actually starting to do the Passover, would that be okay? Oh, very okay. All right. Uh, Traditionally, we start our Passover Seder, and the Seder is actually the dinner. It's the whole ceremony and the dinner. And traditionally, we start our Passover Seder with the sound of the shofar. Enter Rabbi Bob. And Rabbi Bob is going to join us, (laughs) Rabbi Bob Elliott. And he is going to open up our Passover Seder with the sound of the shofar. God, thank yes. you, Rabbi. Thank that you was so excellent. Much. Thank you, Lord. Cheryl, I wish our listeners around the world, wherever they happen to be, could see what we are seeing here in the Lighthouse Live studios. But they can't, so we just they have can't. to and hope that they can envision what we are experiencing well, here. Well, the, the ram's horns are, the one that Rabbi Blue is quite long, yes. and it has a curve to it. It's and beautiful. the different curves give different sounds mm-hmm. to the horn. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, He was dressed in his prayer shawl, and he has his yarmulke on, and he is a Messianic rabbi and loves the Lord Jesus with all his heart. And God has given him an amazing gift to blow the shofar. Um, Pesach, I wanted to let everybody know, is not the only feast that the Lord has commanded that is kept throughout all generations. Uh, there are a couple of others, and I wanted to mention that just before we move into the dinner. I usually share this right at the beginning. And that Pesach, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, is predictive of salvation by the shed blood of the Lamb. And that one has been fulfilled by Jesus. And then we have Pentecost, which is called Shavuot in Hebrew. And this is 50 days after Pesach, and it is a harvest celebration. And it's predictive of the Holy Spirit filling God's people with the power to witness. And that has been fulfilled as well. And the third feast is Tabernacles, which is also called the Feast of Booths. And this is predictive of the return of Jesus when that trump sounds, when that shofar sounds in the eastern sky. And then, of course, the booths, we build the booths because he's going to come and dwell with us. And that will be um, absolutely a glorious time when Jesus comes to dwell with us. And that one has not been fulfilled yet. But we are waiting for it, and I figure if he fulfilled the first one and he fulfilled the second one, he is going to fulfill the third one. And so we can be very excited that all three of these uh, prophetic feasts are going to be fulfilled. Now, the dinner, as I told you, is called a Seder, and it is in three parts. And the first part is the remembering and the telling of what God did. 
The second part is actually the meal where you get to eat really good food. Mm, yum. Yum. No leavened bread, though. You no. only get to no. eat matzah. Yes which actually is quite delicious with a lot of butter on it. Mm. And so if you guys out there want to try matzah, put a nice slather of butter on it. It's um, it's not low calorie, but it is really good. And then also the third part is the sharing of the afikoman, which means the dessert. And this sharing is... My favorite part. Yeah, that is the favorite (laughs) part. This sharing is much like communion Mm. in that uh, when you... Uh, break the matzah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be explaining that later. We're going to all be sharing part of that, and yes. it is the bread of affliction. It is the broken body of the Lord Jesus right. Christ. And we will be sharing that uh, with a cup of juice, and that will be much like communion. And I know that you put on your website for people to get cracker and juice, but somebody might have turned in, tuned in and just turned us on, and mm-hmm. they don't know about that. So if you want to get a small piece of cracker and some juice ready, then you can yes. enjoy the affliction come in with yes. us in a little while. Great. It'll be fun for yes, everybody indeed. and very meaningful too. Mm-hmm. Now, I told you I was going to teach you how to do a Passover Seder and there are some materials that you can get. There is a book called The Messianic Passover Haggadah and Haggadah simply means the telling. And this, if you just go on the internet and type in uh, Messianic Passover uh, Haggadah, which is spelled H-A-G-G-A-D-A-H. This is the book that we have That's here. That's the in book the that studio. you all have yes, in the okay. studio, and you're going to follow along. Okay. And if you type that in, they also have a Messianic Passover Seder preparation guide. Okay. And you can get both the book, and you can get several books if you want to have your whole family participate. You might want to have, you know, three or four books for a family. If there's just two of you, one would be great. Uh, if there's four of you, you might want to have two, etc. And then the Passover uh, preparation guide tells you what kind of foods are acceptable, like you never have ham no, during Passover, no, and chicken's fine, and lamb is fine, and beef is fine, but just not ham. And it tells you all those things to do so that you can have a wonderful Seder. And so we're going to be going through this uh, telling, the Haggadah, and walking through it step by step so you can get an idea of what it's like and what you can be doing with your family. So I'm going to be teaching Elaine and everybody here in the studio about how to do a Passover Seder. And you can follow along with us. Now, what we have here in the studio, and I know you can't see it, so I'm going to try to describe it, is we have a round Seder plate. And now there are fancy ones that you can purchase. Some of them are even made of 14-karat gold. They can be beautiful. They can be (laughs) pure silver. They can be quite lovely. But if you're on a budget, then all you need to do is go get one of those deli trays with the little separations in it that you can get, which is what I've got. Mm -hmm. And then you can get those little uh, shells that you can put in to make it look a little prettier. Mm -hmm. And then in the center where you would normally put the dip for the crackers and stuff you would have. Instead, you'd put a nice little bowl. And what you want to do on your Seder plate for your symbols is to have a little bowl of salt water where the dip would be. And then in the different compartments, you're going to have some very unusual things. The first thing you're going to have is some bitter herbs, which can be horseradish. That's perfectly bitter enough. And actually, it is biblically, there's a biblical precedent for having horseradish that was available back in Egypt. And so you have horseradish on your plate. And then that is 
uh, symbolic of the uh, the bitterness of being in bondage. Mm. And the salt water yes. is symbolic of the tears that were shed yes. while being in bondage. And then we also have an onion, or you can use an, an other kind of root. Uh, you could use a garlic or something that's a root. Mm-hmm. And I always use a small onion. And the onion represents the root of our faith. And that is the Jewish root of Mm. everything that we are doing today. Mm. We also have on the plate some parsley, and parsley is the new life that the Lord gives us. It's it's beautiful green color, and it's fresh and tasty, and it, that's how wonderful our life is when we have the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything's symbolic. It's all symbolic. Yes. We also have some really good, yummy stuff, which is a combination of shredded apple, mm. chopped up uh, almonds or nuts of mm. some kind, and then you put a little juice and a little honey in there, and you mix it all together mm. till it turns brown. And it's supposed to be brown, and it actually is very sweet and tasty, Yum. and it represents the sweetness of the Lord in our life. Yes. So each element means something special. The last element that we have is a lamb shank bone, and that, of course, represents our Passover lamb. And those are the items that you would need if you do a Passover, and that would all be in your preparation guide so you would know just what to do. Also on the table, we have some matzah. You're going to go through lots of matzah when you do a Passover Seder, so you want to get at least one box, and if you're going to have a lot of people, a couple boxes of matzah. And we have candles, and we also have cups of juice or wine uh, on the table, depending on your preference. And the way the Seder starts is it starts with a woman lighting the candles. After the shofar, we go right into a a woman lighting the candles. And the scripture that goes with that is Psalm 27.1, and it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Hmm. And then the leader would say, As we kindle the festival lights, We pray for the illumination of the Spirit of God to bring great personal meaning to this, our Pesach celebration, our Passover celebration. And a woman stands. So we have Jeannie is going to be the lady who lights the candles today. And we say, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who has set us apart by his word and whose name we light the festival lights. Mm. And Jeannie has lit the candle and it's glowing brightly. It's beautiful. And as a light for the festival of redemption is kindled by the hand of a woman, we remember that our Redeemer, the light of the world, came into the world as the promised seed mm. of a woman. Mm. And that's from Genesis 3:15. Yes. So now in the glow of the light of the Lord, represented by the candle, we're going to proceed into our Seder. Are you ready, Elaine? I'm ready. All right. Are you ready, everybody? We're ready. (laughs) All right. The, The first description in the Seder is the four cups that we're going to be consuming. Now, if you've only got one cup and just a little bit of juice like us, you can just take four sips. That's okay. Okay. But in most seders, people drink four whole cups of wine or juice. 
And these are to celebrate the four promises of God. And so I would like to read the four promises of God so you understand as we talk about each cup that each one relates to a promise. Now, the first promise, Elaine, it says, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Mm. The second promise is, I will free you from being slaves. The third promise is, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. And the fourth promise is, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Mm. So as we go through each cup, it's going to be a remembrance of each one of those promises from Exodus chapter 6. Now, the first cup is called the cup of sanctification. And this particular cup, it says that the Lord uh, blessed it because he actually celebrated Passover. Our Lord Jesus led the Passover Seder, and he blessed this first cup. And as he blessed that cup, he lifted it up and he said, Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Malekam Ha'alom Bori Pri Hagafen. So when it says the Lord blessed the cup in the Bible, now you know what he said. Hmm. And in English, it means, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, ruler of the universe who creates the fruit of the vine. And it's so wonderful to actually know what words our Lord would have said because for thousands of years they have said those same Hebrew words over the cup. And then to open up the Seder, the leader would take this first cup of Passover, and just as Yeshua shared the cup with his disciples, and he blessed it, and then he said to him, said to all of them, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And that's in Luke chapter 22. And then all of us right now can take the first cup of the Passover celebration, and we can all take a sip as we lift this up. It's already blessed, and we may drink. And our friends at home. Now, everyone is sipping of their wine or their juice. We're having mm-hmm. juice here, whatever you're having out there mm-hmm. in, in the, uh, all the countries that are yes. listening. Yes. And we've just celebrated our first mm-hmm. cup with the Lord. The next thing on the Passover uh, celebration is that we wash our hands. And what you would do is you would have a bowl of water. And what I like to do at my Passover Seder is rather than have us individually wash our hands, what we do is we each have a partner and we wash each other's hands. Oh, great. And that is so much like what Jesus did when he washed the feet of his disciples. And then we take a towel and we dry mm-hmm. the hands of the person whom we've just washed, mm-hmm. just as he had that towel wrapped around his waist and he took the towel and he dried the feet of the disciples. Sweet. And as we wash our hands, We ask the Lord to cleanse us of all unrighteousness so that we may celebrate the Passover, the Pesach, in holiness. Mm. Now that everyone has washed their hands symbolically here in the studio, then we're going to move on and we're going to begin to partake of the Passover elements. 
Now, the first Passover element that we partake of, Elaine, is called carpus. Okay. And do you know what carpus is? What is carpus? Can you guess? It's the parsley. Parsley. That's the very first thing. And as we take of the parsley, the parsley, as I told you earlier, it is representative of life and the life that the Lord God gives us. New life. New life that he gives us. But we're going to dip it in some salt water. And so um, I think Jeannie probably dipped every one of them in some salt water. She prepared those for you. And as you take that, it is representative of the life of pain. Tears. And tears that were shed because they were in bondage. So let us take our sprig of parsley. It's dipped in the salt water. And remember that life is sometimes immersed in tears. And the Lord blessed it, saying, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who creates the fruit of the earth. And now you can all eat your carpus. Everybody's munching on their parsley. Do we eat the whole thing? You can eat the whole thing if you wish. You can have a little munch or eat the whole thing. Now, after we have partaken of the parsley, the next thing that we do is we tell the Passover story. And the Passover story is to be told to the children and passed on to each generation, as I said earlier. And so a child rises and asks four questions. But since we don't have a child here tonight, what I'm going to do is just read the four questions so that as we answer them, you know what's been asked. And the questions that the child would ask is, uh, on all other nights, we eat bread or matzah. On this night, why do we only eat matzah? On all other nights, we eat all kinds of vegetables. But on this night, why do we only eat bitter herbs? On all other nights, we do not dip our vegetables even once. On this night, why do we dip them twice? On all other nights, we eat our meals sitting or reclining. On this night, why do we eat only reclining? Now, from those questions, the leader of the Passover begins to answer each question of the child. And so the first question that we're going to answer is, why do we eat only matzah or unleavened bread? And we eat matzah or unleavened bread because this is the bread of affliction, as I mentioned earlier. And what the leader does, and I have a beautiful bag that has been prepared to keep three matzah in. Now, you don't have to have a beautiful fancy bag. You can simply have three matzah wrapped in white cloth. That would be fine. And the leader reaches in and takes out the middle one to be shared with everybody at the Passover later on. And what he does or she does first is is they talk about the matzah. And the matzah are wrapped together in three, representing the unity of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Mm. Now, the rabbis have taught that it's a unity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or even the unity of the priests, the Levites, and the people of Israel. But because we know Yeshua, Jesus, we know that it is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that is represented. And then 
we hold the matzah up to the candlelight or to the light and we look at it and we see that the matzah is a picture of Messiah. It's a picture of Yeshua because we see how it is striped. And the way the matzah needs to be made, it ends up with stripes in it. And we also see how the matzah is pierced. And as you look at it to keep it perfectly flat, there's a lot of little holes punched in it. And so the matzah is pierced. And it fulfills the scripture. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. And it fulfills the scripture. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. And so the leader removes this and then breaks it in half. And the greater half, however it breaks, this half is put away. And the greater half is wrapped up in another white cloth or put, I have a beautiful white bag with a little menorah on the front. And we put it in the little white bag. And this is just like Jesus was wrapped in his white Mm. burial cloth. Mm. And then it is hidden away just as he was hidden away in the tomb to be brought out later. And the tradition at the Passovers, because it's for children, is that when the leader hides the afkoman, it's now called the afkoman, the dessert, that the children all have to have their eyes closed so they don't know where it's been placed and then they can look for it throughout the rest of the Passover Seder, and it may be redeemed for a prize later. Oh, right. And so they go looking for the afakomen and bring it back to the leader. They love that. Yes, it's good. It is for the children, and you want to keep them involved, and yes, that's a fun thing that they can do. And it says, just as the afakomen will return to complete our Passover Seder, so the sinless Messiah rose from the dead to ascend into heaven. And what we're going to do is share right now just a piece of matzah. And it's usually from the other side. We take the, the lesser side. And we have our first taste of matzah. So if everybody wants to share right now their first taste of matzah. And the Lord blessed it. And he said, Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Malekam ha'alom ha'motzi lekem Min Haaretz, which means blessed are you, O Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Mm. And now everybody is going to taste their first taste of matzah. Enjoy. Mm. As they finish their taste of matzah, then we're going to move on in the Passover Seder to the next symbol which is the bitter herbs. And we're answering the question about why do we eat bitter herbs? Now, the bitter herbs and the root are the horseradish, of course, and the onion. And what we're going to do is take a little bit of matzah and we're going to dip it into the bitter herbs and we're going to taste that because... 
of the bitterness of the bondage in the land of Egypt. So this is a remembrance of the bitterness of the bondage. So now everybody take your matzah and dip it into the horseradish and have a taste. And you're supposed to take enough to bring you to tears, but you don't have to do that. (laughs) But that's the tradition is to take enough to bring you to tears. Do we break the matzah? You can take a little piece. Mm -hmm. And moving on to the next symbol, and this is to answer the question about dipping twice. We, We dipped the parsley already, so we've already discussed that symbol. We're going to dip into the caroset. And we're going to dip twice, though. We're going to make a little sandwich if you want to. You can take two little pieces of matzah, and you're going to put some of the bitter herb, the horseradish on it, and then you're going to put some of that wonderful sweet apple mixture on top of it. Oh, boy, my favorite part. (laughs) And it's so good. And what this means is is that the caroset is to remind ourselves that even the most bitter circumstances can be sweetened by the hope we have in our Lord Jesus. Amen. And so as you eat this, it's the sweetness of the Lord. Amen. Everyone may taste. It's delicious. Everybody likes that mm-hmm. part. <laughs> Now, the Passover was celebrated reclining on pillows at a low table, and part of the explanation of Passover is answering the question, why do we recline? And we recline on pillows at a low table because both in the Jewish tradition and even more so uh, now that we have our Lord as our Savior, they didn't have to eat the Passover in haste after the first one. The first one, they had to eat it standing with their sandals on, ready to go because of the situation. But after that, for all these thousands of years, they've been able to recline because of what God did for them. Even more so, we are free to relax and recline on the shoulder of Jesus, just as the one whom Jesus loved, just as John leaned back during the Passover upon the the Lord Jesus Christ. We can lean back on our Savior and relax and recline during the Passover. Now, the story of Passover is then told in detail, and we don't have time for the telling but it is found in the book of Exodus. And so you will want to read the book of Exodus and read the story of the Passover. But for sake of time, we're not going to read the whole thing. It's in Exodus chapter 6 is where you would read it. So we're going to let you do that at home. And we're going to move on to what's called the cup of plagues. And I wanted to let you know that uh, this is the second cup. And the way this is, is a remembrance of the plagues that were poured out in Egypt in order to set the Israelites free. And the Egyptians had to suffer a lot. And actually, the Hebrew people did too, until the last of them. They were spared, all of those. But they still had to suffer some. And what you do with this is you dip your finger into your juice or your wine, your little finger, your little finger, if you can do it. Like so. Like so. And then onto your plate, you let it drip. And we're only going to do this once for sake of time. But you let it drip. And with each drop, you recite the plagues. And you recite blood, frogs, lice, beasts, cattle disease, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, 
and death of the firstborn. And you would do that three times. Mm. And that's to remind us of what happened in Egypt and how the Lord spared the Hebrews of most of that and set them free by those plagues. And so that would be done three times. The next symbol that we need to talk about is the lamb shank bone. And I had a story I wanted to tell you, but of course the time is running out. But I do want to tell you that this is a time to tell family stories yes. besides mm-hmm. the, the Passover reading of the Haggadah. It's a great family time, wouldn't it? Cheryl? It is. Oh. And so as you do this, we've, we have developed our own traditions because we've had miraculous things happen. Mm. And just so you know, the Lord miraculously provided us with our Passover shank bone. And so we consider it to be one of our stories we tell every year how he miraculously provided that. That's and maybe sometime I'll be able to come back and tell that story. We would story. love that. Please do. But in the meantime, I wanted to tell you that it's important that the three most important things of the Passover are the unleavened bread, the bitter herbs, and the Passover lamb. We cannot forget the shank bone. And this reminds us of the blood that was shed for us. First, it was placed on the door lentils when the Lord passed over and the Hebrew people were saved and the angel of death passed over. But it is also now on the doorposts of our hearts. Yes, yes. And we are spared because we have the blood of the lamb upon yeah. us. Yeah. Now, the next thing that I want to take you to is Dainu, it's called. It would have been sufficient. And it's a celebration of the goodness and the greatness of God. And there's some things that we usually recite. Uh, if the Lord had merely rescued us but had not judged the Egyptians and everybody shouts, Dainu, it would have been enough. If he had only destroyed their gods but had not part of the Red Sea and everybody shouts, Dainu, that's good. Everybody's here in the audience. And then... If he had only drowned out our enemies but had not fed us with manna, Dainu. If he had only led us through the desert but had not given us the Sabbath, Dainu. If he had only given us the Torah but not the land of Israel, Dainu. And then it says, But the Holy One, blessed be he, provided all these blessings for our ancestors, and not only these but so many more. And then what we do, which is so much fun, is we actually sing the song Dainu. And what I would like to do is introduce you to Stephanie Vanderwall. And she is the psalmist and music minister at the Friday Night Fellowship. And she and everyone here are going to be singing Dainu. And you can all celebrate with us. Stephanie. Be singing this in Hebrew, and just so that all of you know what these words mean, uh, we already learned that Dainu means it, it is, it would have been enough, or it was sufficient. So the first verse we're going to sing is, if God had merely rescued us from Egypt, it would have been enough. The second verse means, if God would have merely given us the Torah, or the word, it would have been enough. And the third verse is, God has given us Yeshua, and he is enough. Is everybody ready? Yes, we're ready. Hey. Ilu hotzi hotzi anu hotzi anu mi 
Mitzrayim hotzianu mi Mitzrayim dayenu da dayenu da dayenu da dayenu 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 da dayenu da dayenu da dayenu 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 ilu natan natan lanu natan lanu etatora natan lanu etatora dayenu da dayenu da dayenu da dayenu 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 da dayenu da dayenu da dayenu 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 ilu natan natan lanu natan lanu et yeshua natan lanu et yeshua dayenu da dayenu da dayenu da dayenu 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 da dayenu da dayenu da dayenu 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 hey Wow, then after that exuberant song, which they often sing for quite a while, then a prayer would be offered and the fabulous Seder dinner would be consumed. Mm. And it would be on beautiful uh, plates and dishes and just a lovely time for everyone. And then after the last morsel has been consumed... And it's only after the last cup of tea, the last cup of coffee, the last morsel has been consumed. Then we have the afikoman, the real dessert. Even if they've had wonderful cream puffs like Jeannie makes, <laughs> because it has to be an unleavened dessert. Or um, what's that cookie called? Coconut macaroons. Coconut macaroons. Oh, really good mm, stuff. Mm, yeah. Yum. Uh, you still have to have all that consumed before you have the afikoman. And then what the leader does is breaks off a piece of the afikoman and passes it to everybody, and you you all have a little piece already uh, of the afikoman. And this is the time when we have communion with the Lord. And the afikoman is the dessert, the final food eaten at Passover. It is shared as the Passover lamb was shared from the time of the Exodus until the destruction of the temple. It is said that the taste of the afikoman should linger in our mouths. And Messiah broke the matzah and gave thanks to the Lord. And he said, Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Malekam Ha'alom Hamotzi Lekam Min Ha'aretz. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, ruler of the universe who brings forth the bread from the earth. It was then that Messiah added these words to the blessing. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let us now eat the matzah, meditating on the broken body of the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Let us all eat. I'm going to quickly move on to the cup of redemption as they are enjoying the afikoman, and it's lingering in their mouths. And I want to share with you that this cup is the cup that Jesus blessed. And Yeshua himself lifted this cup, and he said, This cup 
is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And he blessed this cup, just like he blessed the bread. And, it's, and it said, Barukata Adonai Elohenu Malekam Ha'alom Bori Pri Hagafen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Let us gratefully drink. And we know that just as the blood of the Lamb brought salvation in Egypt, so Messiah's atoning death can bring salvation to all who believe. And that's what this ceremony we've just had is indicative of. Cheryl, what an awesome, awesome time you just shared. How appropriate would it be if you offered up a sweet, sweet prayer and just gave thanks for such a time right now as we enter into such a holy time where believers all around the world will be giving thanks for what our Lord Yeshua did in our place for what we deserved to have taken place. I'd like to read the thanks that that is traditional for the Passover. Please do. And everyone can respond with his love endures forever, and you may do that on the radio, listeners as well. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders. His love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens. His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. His love endures forever. Who made the great lights. His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day. His love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. His love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them. His love endures forever. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. His love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder. His love endures forever. And brought Israel through the midst of it. His love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His love endures forever. To him led his people through the desert. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. And at this point we would lift our last cup and bless the name of the Lord. And we would shout, next year in Jerusalem. Next year for me, it's this year Amen, in Jerusalem. And then we would all gratefully drink our last cup. And that would be the end of our Passover Seder. Oh, thank you. Mm. And they're all gratefully drinking. Mm. Cheryl, what a lovely, lovely time. I just I just want to thank you so much, uh, Pastor Cheryl Birch, once again from the Friday Night Fellowship here in Modesto, California. Friends, uh, from wherever you may be enjoying this Passover Seder from around the world. Again, uh, Jeannie, thanks for your prayer intercession, and, and Patty Elliott for yours, and Donna Framstead for yours, and, of course, our faithful uh, prayer intercessor, Mr. Al Ramsey, for yours, and Stephanie Vanderwell, Vanderwell for your uh, 
uh, angelic voice and prayer intercession as well, and and uh, Rabbi Bob Elliott for blowing the shofar, and, and just thank you for the Friday night fellowship. I've had a um, the blessed opportunity of visiting uh, on several occasions, and, and plan to uh, plan to do that uh, again in the future, and and. Uh, um, I just want to thank you for sharing your teaching uh, here tonight with us, Cheryl, and just uh, uh, hope that you will uh, regularly visit visit us here. And also want to mention to our listeners that Cheryl is a volunteer here at Advancing Vibrant Communities, and Stephanie is as well, and, and just appreciate the partnership uh, that you have here with us at AVC as you reach out to the community here to uh, love your neighbors as you love yourself, and we just appreciate that. Uh, Cheryl and and just uh, enjoy uh, the fellowship that we have here with you and just want to wish you all a very blessed week and thank you for coming and and sharing this most blessed uh, time together. I want to remind you uh, dear friends at home that uh, this coming uh, Sunday on April 8th that Pastor Mike will be uh, celebrating a sunrise service at the Lakewood Memorial Park in Houston and that will be getting underway very early at 6 a.m. and hope that you will uh, make plans to join us there and also that next week here on Lighthouse Live we'll be having a very special time with Ben Jennings along with Chuck Adams and Aubrey McGann as we will be uh, here to um, celebrate and share on the Global Day of Prayer as that is will be coming up on uh, Memorial Day weekend uh, in the 2007 so that will be taking place then so we hope that you will join us for that, mark your calendars, and that broadcast will be getting underway at 5 p.m. next week, so we hope that you'll make plans to join us for that. Once again, Cheryl Birch, thank you for your teaching on the very special Passover Seder celebration here tonight. Thank you all for joining us wherever you happen to be, dear friends, and just uh, make this a very special week. So uh, take care, and may God continue to bless you as you reach out and love your neighbors as you love yourself. Take care. Bye-bye.